have you, have you ever realized how as a society, uh, like we are all about the extraordinary moments of life? Have you realized that? In fact, social media is all about the extraordinary moments in life. Specifically, Instagram. How many people like Instagram? Like Instagram is, is like the platform for you to let people see the extraordinary moments of your life. In fact, that's why I stopped following people. Like I'm tired. Like I'm like, I get it, Bill. You got a six-pack, right? Like I, I, don't need, I don't need to know that anymore. Right, like we get it, Cheryl. You're in Tahiti for the fourth time this month, right? Like it's, like it's it's just a place where like we can put these extraordinary moments, and uh, and 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 look at them. Hold on, I got a drink. I'm gonna get a drink. And so these extraordinary moments. Now, now, let me ask you this. Have you ever, so like it's easy to look at other people's extraordinary moments. Have you ever get, got lost in your extraordinary moments like on social media? Like you're just like, you're like, oh, I remember, I remember that place. I remember that, that vacation. Oh, I remember that guy. I remember that girl. Like whatever it is, right? Like is that just me? No, so so the other so like for those of you that don't know, my family and I we we just got back um on this vacation like we've been saving up for and and so uh, we went to uh, Disneyland and uh, Disneyland is full of extraordinary moments, right? Some good, some bad, doesn't matter. But there's extraordinary extraordinary moments and um, so so the other day I'm on my phone right and I'm looking at pictures of these extraordinary moments that I had in my life. And, uh, and I'm looking at this one, and I, and I begin to watch this video of my little girl and I on this ride, this car ride, like it's called Autotopia or something, and we're just having a blast. We, I think we have a still image of it. Um, so, yeah, this is, she, like, she, oh, that's for me, right? Like, she's, my little girl's cute too, but that, ah, uh, is for me. And so, so, she, so she's, like, she's driving. She doesn't know how to drive, so, like, we're, like, it's bumpy, and I have this video, and I'm watching this video, and I'm like, oh, this is such an extraordinary moment with my little girl. I'll post it on my social media so you can follow me, John E. Peter, Instagram. Um, <laughs> shut up. And so, 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 like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this video of, of her and I just having a blast in this extraordinary moment that we're, uh, that, we're, that we're living in. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, as I'm watching this video, I hear my little girl in the other room, Daddy, can you help me? Can you help me change the channel? Or was, I don't remember what, what exactly she was saying. That's beyond the point. The point was, she's, I'm watching this, this extraordinary moment, and she's like bothering me. <laughs> and I said this, I said, leave me alone. I'm watching us have fun, right? Like, that's what I said. I said that to her. I said, leave me alone. I'm, I'm watching us have fun. And, uh, and, and I began thinking about just, like, how I did that, right? Like, how I'm, like, engaged in this extraordinary moment, but I've kind of, like, neglected, devalued the ordinary moment in life. And I began thinking, like, how easy it is to elevate extraordinary moments while devaluing ordinary moments. 
Now, so that we're on the same page, when I say ordinary, the definition is going to be from uh, Webster, and it's this. Webster defines ordinary as like something that's day-to-day, so like it's daily, it's normal, like there's, there's, there's like no, like, it's, it's just, it's constant, right? So ordinary is something that like we're, it's, it's like we can expect it day in, day out. Now, I've realized that life is full of extraordinary moments, correct? But life is more, it consists more of just ordinary moments than it does extraordinary moments. For instance, ordinary moments, um, waking up, that's an extraordinary, excuse me, that's an ordinary moment, right? Like every day, Lord willing, we wake up. Every day we wake up. And then for some of you, there's some type of hygiene thing that you do, right? Some of you brush your teeth, some of you shower, some of you brush your teeth in shower, right? Like, let's choose your own adventure here. And, 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 and so, like, we do that daily, right? So, so we wake up, some type of hygiene routine. Um, within the span of the 16 to 18 hours average a human is up, there's some type of consumption of calories that takes place. Right? So like just ordinary moments. Some of you, you go to work. Some of you go to school. Ordinary. It happens day in and day out. Most of us, we go to sleep. And so like we, life is full of ordinary moments. Life is full of ordinary moments. And yet we have more ordinary moments than extraordinary moments and yet we add so much more value to extraordinary moments. I'm getting somewhere. I promise you, I'm getting somewhere. And so, so he, here's why, here's why I, I, I want to bring to attention the fact that we spend, why it's, or excuse me, I want to bring to light why, we, why it's so important that we realize that, that life is more than just extraordinary moments, but it's also about ordinary moments. And it's because if we're not careful, we will begin to project the mindset of extraordinary and ordinary to our faith. Specifically in the way that we interact with God or how God interacts with us. Like for, for most of us here this morning, like when, like when it comes to your faith, it's all about the extraordinary moments that you love, right? It, it's like the extraordinary moments of when, uh, when I gave my life to Jesus or when I was baptized or, or, man, like that extraordinary moment when I was at that Hillsong worship and, and I was just like, oh, I failed Jesus, right? Like extraordinary moments. But here is what I am afraid of that we become so fixated on God moving in extraordinary moments that we miss God moving in the ordinary moments, the day-to-day life. Can I say this morning that God doesn't just want to be your God of extraordinary moments, but he wants to visit you in the ordinary moments as well? And so this morning, like, I want us to look at this idea of just 
of just being aware of God in the ordinary. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So if, if you're here and, and, and you're like, man, I've, I've limited God to just extraordinary moments. I haven't really noticed God in the ordinary moments. Great news. You're in good company because our story that we are looking at today um, involves a guy named Jacob. And he, too, had this issue. I think I forgot to read the verse at the beginning of our time together. So I'm going to read it real quick. It's Genesis chapter 28, uh, verse 10 through 11. It says this. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. And so here is Jacob, ordinary guy. He, he's a, he realizes, he has this epiphany that, that, um, that God can show up in the ordinary. Okay, so here it is. Uh, Jacob, he's headed towards his uncle's house, towards his uncle's house, excuse me. Uh, the journey, he gets super tired, so he finds this ordinary place to rest. He calls it a good place, and he finds like this ordinary stone, and he uses it as a pillow, and he falls asleep, okay? And here he has a dream, and here's his dream, Genesis 28, verse 12. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above, above stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to the land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. So Jacob, he's tired. He falls asleep. In his sleep, he has a dream of a stairway. And in the stairway from heaven to earth, there's angels going up and going down. While he's watching this, God is like, hey, I am about to expand your territory. Really what God is doing in this moment, in this ordinary moment, right, is, is, is that God is just... He, he's beginning to cast vision to Jacob. And then all of a sudden, Jacob wakes up from this dream. And here's what he says in verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Surely the Lord was in this ordinary place. And I wasn't even aware of it. You can't miss this. God was always there. Jacob just wasn't aware. I wonder if there are seasons, moments in life where we're just not aware of what God is doing. Because we don't see it as an extraordinary moment but rather just an ordinary moment. So I want to talk to you uh, this morning. I want to give you three daily tips. 
that you and I, that we can implement to help us become aware of God in the ordinary. All right? And then we'll be done. So number one, the first daily tip is we have to reevaluate the ordinary. Reevaluate the ordinary. So once Jacob wakes up, once he has this epiphany that God was in this place, I was just not aware, Jacob does these three things. And so here's the first one. Verse 17, 17 he, uh, Jacob, was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. I'm not sure if you caught this, but notice that Jacob changed his perspective. In verse 11, Scripture says that it was a good place. Fast forward to the verse that we just read, verse 17. It no longer is a good place, but now Jacob sees it as an awesome place. And so Jacob now sees it as an awesome place. He, he begins to see the ordinary differently. He, he begins to see it differently. He, he gets to this place where he realized, God, you are here. Like, I no longer see the ordinary the same way. God, you are now here. I see it. I get it. I'm aware of it. Now, the Old Testament, God was, um, when it came to God's presence, it was limited to like a temple and then eventually like a box, the Ark of the Covenant. But something amazing happened. God said that he wanted to have a closer relationship with people. And so he sent Jesus. Jesus became that bridge between us and God. And so like we no longer have to go to a priest to talk to God like you can talk to God where you is. Like, we, and, and so, like, the Old Testament, like, we had, to, we had to go to a specific location for God's, to, to encounter God's presence. And even then, not everyone could even enter. New Testament, post-Jesus, you and I, we no longer have to go to a certain place to experience the presence of God. Because guess what? The presence of God, if you are a believer, dwells inside of you. And so now all of a sudden there's a difference because I, I, I now realize that God is not just at a conference. He's not just at a church. He's not just uh, through a speaker. But God's presence is now inside of me. So wherever I go, guess what? God's presence goes. Wherever I step, God's presence steps. Like he lives in, like I have to begin to reevaluate the ordinary that wherever I go, I harness the presence of God inside of me. Like it's no longer just a conference. Like the same God that's at a conference is the same God in the car. The same God in worship is the same God at my workplace. Come on. Like he's with you. He's in you. Everywhere I step, God's presence steps. Everywhere I go, God's presence goes. Come on, I, I got to begin to reevaluate the ordinary. I got to begin to expand, expand my expectation of how I encounter God. 
So number one, we got to reevaluate the ordinary. I wake up and I say, God, I thank you that your presence is in me. God, that where I go, you go. God, that you're with me in my workplace. You're with me in my car. You're with me. Come on. And I begin to shift, reevaluate the ordinary. Number two, uh, we have to rename the ordinary. Rename the ordinary. Verse 18, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Now, I want you to notice what's happening right here. And we're going to have the keys come up because I'm going to land this plane. So this city that he's in, this place that Jacob is in, it was once called Luz. And that it's, what that word means is just almond tree, super ordinary. That is, you know? But then all of a sudden, Jacob, like, he, he renames the place where he's at. He's like, this will no longer just be an ordinary name about an almond tree. He's like, I'm renaming this place. He said, I'm going to call it Bethel. The Lord is here. He renamed the space and the place that he was in. Notice it's still the same place. He's just calling it different. Same place. Like he didn't move to a different city. Same place. He just, he's calling it differently. Ladies and gentlemen, here, here's the issue with the ordinary. Is that when it comes to the ordinary, it becomes routine. It becomes something that I see day in, day out. So maybe for you, your ordinary is the work, your school, it's a spouse, it's your kids, it's ordinary. We see it over and over and over and over, right? Like you get it, like it's ordinary. It's like, it's constantly, like you're constantly seeing that person. You're constantly engaged in conversation with that person over and over and over and over and over. And when something becomes ordinary, and when we begin to see it over and over again, that's how it begins to lose value. Not only does it begin to lose value, when something happens over and over and over and over again, like we begin to see the cracks in that situation and that person. I'll tell you what, there's so many like imperfections as you walk in this building that you probably will never know, but because I'm here all the time, I'm like, who in the heck painted that? Right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, drunk, where are they? Um, <laughs> but I see it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Some of you guys, you go to work, same job for the last five, ten years, over and over and over and over. It becomes ordinary. Like all I see is the imperfections of my spouse over and over and over. All I see is the imperfections of my kids over and over and over. It's just ordinary over and over and over. And pretty soon, I begin to call the ordinary how I see it. 
they're annoying. All of a sudden, I'm like, I hate my boss. All of a sudden, I can't stand my kids. All of a sudden, oh, my pastor. Come on, hey, it happens. It happens. I get it. I get it. Like all of a sudden, the ordinary man, like it just becomes over and over and over and over. I begin to call it the way I see it. But can I propose you this morning to rename the ordinary? Could, could I become thankful? Could, excuse me, could I rename my frustrations? Because that's what it comes down to. When something is over and over and over, I become frustrated. Can you rename your frustrations? Could you rename your frustrations not the name that you see, but the, the name that God sees? Jacob, he said, I'm changing this name. This ordinary almond tree name, it is not accurate for what God is doing in this moment. And he said, I'm changing it. Can we change the ordinary? Can we change the way that we see it? Can we become thankful for, for the things that we become frustrated about? God, I can't stand my spouse. But I thank you for them. God, I hate my job. My boss does he even brush his teeth. God, I thank you for my job. Come on, I'm renaming my frustration. Like what would happen? What can God do if we begin to rename the ordinary, the things that we see over and over and over? What could happen if we just begin to rename it? So Jacob, he wakes up. He says, man, God, your presence was here. I missed it. And so he reevaluated the ordinary. He renamed the ordinary. And then number three, the last one, he reclaimed the ordinary. Verse 22, and the stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. So Jacob, he, <clears throat> the stone, remember the ordinary stone? The thing that was just like, it's ordinary. He changed it. He took it and he used it as like a monument, as a pillar to, to remind him to never miss what God is doing in the ordinary again. Like this pillar, it was a reminder for him so that every time that they journeyed through that place, it'd be like, yo, there's Jacob's pillar. There's Jacob's stone right there. Like every time Jacob would pass his stone, it would remind him how he missed God's presence in the ordinary. Friends, we got to reclaim the ordinary. Like I wonder, so, so Jacob, he missed, he missed it, right? Like he said it. I didn't say it. Don't get mad. He, he said it. He said God, I missed it. Surely your presence was there, and I just didn't see it. He missed it. Like, I wonder if the reason why Jacob missed it was because he was so focused on reaching his uncle's house. 
Like, I wonder if, like, he was like, man, I just got to get to my uncle's house. I got to. If I'm Jacob, I can relate. Because my life can get so busy sometimes. I get, I get wrapped up with, with work. I get wrapped up as a husband. I get wrapped up as, as, um, as a father. I get wrapped up as a pastor. And I'm always going. I'm always going. I'm always going. That if I'm honest with you, it becomes very easy for me to never focus on what God is doing in the ordinary because I'm always just focused on this, on this, on this, on this. What would it look like if we reclaimed the ordinary? If we said, God, my life no longer, or you no longer revolve around my life. God, but I am now reclaiming that my life revolves around you. Like, God, that my, my schedule would be revolved around putting you first, God. God, like, my time, it's going to be revolved around putting you first. What does that look like practically? Starting your day off in a quiet time. It doesn't have to be long. I started waking up at 5.30, right? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and, like, I'm, I'm a walker prayer. Like, I like walking and praying. But, like, at that early in the morning, I'm like, I can't walk. I'm just, but I notice that when I sit down on the couch, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and so, like, I have to walk again. But, like, I'm starting my day off, like, because I know that my day gets too busy. If I don't do this in the morning, if I don't reclaim my time in the morning, like, it's just not going to happen. Like, reclaiming it. I'm reclaiming the ordinary. Guys, when I go shop grocery shopping, I reclaim the ordinary. It's crazy. You should try this. I put on I put on my ear my in ears and I just listen to worship while I'm going grocery shopping. Like try flipping someone off when you're listening to worship. It's impossible. Try try getting mad at someone when you're listening. I'm re I'm reclaiming it, man. I'm reclaiming the ordinary. The other day, this is funny, it's not in my notes, but I'm gonna say it. The other day. Like, I get so lost when I'm grocery shopping and I, and I put my, my ears in, right? Like, I go, in, I go into Rayleigh's and, like, this, I have elevation music just, like, just, like, it's so loud. Like, I can't hear anything. And I'm, and I'm going in, I'm going in the store, right? And I'm, like, I'm smiling at everybody. And people are looking at me like, and I'm, like, oh, my gosh, right? Like, right? Like, what, what, like, why are they so mad at me? And I'm walking, and people are, like, dodging out of my way. And I'm just like, this is so weird, but I don't even care because I'm listening to worship, right? Like, I, I'm reclaiming the ordinary. And uh, I get to the self-checkout, and the people at Rayleigh's are kind of just looking at me. And I'm like, that's so weird that they're just, like, scowling at me. And so I just, I smile back. I'm like, 
And then I'm like, wait a second. Why am I smiling? They can't see my smile. And I was like, ah! I didn't have a mask on. I, I was so engaged. I was so engaged, like, with my shopping. And, and I was so engaged with, like, with what God was doing in my heart while I was shopping because of worship. I'm just like, I'm not even paying attention. And I'm like, oh, that's why people were dodging me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, had nothing to do with my message. Come on, but <laughs> could we reclaim the ordinary? The things that we do over and over, can we reclaim it? Hey, don't miss it. Don't miss it. God wants to show up not just in the extraordinary, not just on Sunday mornings, but as soon as you get into your car, listen. God wants to encounter you. His presence wants to encounter you. Don't miss it. Come on, turn to your neighbor one more time. Say, don't miss it. Don't miss it.